Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rope Report Podcast in association with the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav joining you for Sunderland's 3-1 victory at the Stadium of Light over Birmingham City and uh, joining me to chat all about it as always is Chris. Hiya mate. Alright, well I don't, I don't like to say I called it but you know what I mean, it was, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I said 3-0 or something. Worst thing about the scoreline, my young lad, 10 year old, he decided um, the other night he was going to play the game out on EA24. And he said, right, I'm going to play it, and that's going to be the score. And he was Sunderland, and he won 3-1. Ah. And then he he came in this morning as well and said, remember, it's going to be 3-1 today. And I went, you know what? I might put a few quid on that, <laughs> you know, just because he keeps saying it. And I didn't, oh, and it ended up 3-1. Never. The Oracle, no. the new Oracle is your young one. Um, I, he's, he's doing that every week now, by the way. <laughs> until he gets it wrong. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've never recorded a podcast this time on a Saturday, I don't think. It's about 25 to 4. <laughs> we're talking about the Sunderland game on a Saturday. Um, yeah, we were talking about it beforehand on the preview, like the, the, the kickoff time and all the rest of it, and the fact that we don't particularly like these early kickoffs, but I do like them today because we're, we're sat talking about a win. And I was trying to sum up in my own head on the way home, on the drive home, my thoughts on the, the actual game. And I, I'm finding it really hard to sort of, like, what, did we play well? Did we. It was just a funny game, wasn't it? But to come out 3-1 winners, I mean, I don't care how we played ultimately, really. It's the three points that count. And I just think that, in the end, our quality shone through, which, again, we talk about this all the time. It's always about how Sunderland plays. It's never about how the other team plays. If we turn up, we win. And, you know, we turned up. We were pretty good, actually. And it could have been more. I think the, the, the scoreline actually flatters Birmingham a little bit. There was times in the first half where we hit the post, where we were really putting the pressure on them early doors, where it could have been more. And, you know, happy days, you know what I mean? It's just just great to go into the international break on the back of a win, isn't it? But the the performance itself was a was funny, wasn't it? I, like I say, I'm trying to trying to put my finger on how we actually like whether I was sort of pleased or not with actually the performance. And <laughs> I don't know. Weird, wasn't it? Because I don't think I've seen our centre mids play as badly as that, yet we won. It again, yeah. really weird one to try and try and assess. Well, we we were kind of talking about it a little bit, but we hadn't talked about it in detail. And I was pretty much going to say what you've just said that it was just so 
confusing. And I, I listened to Tony Mowbray after the game and he sounded confused as well. He didn't know whether <laughs> to come out and say, brilliant, we played fantastic. And I think at one point he turned around and he said, I'm not going to sit, stand here and say that that we're, we're a fantastic team because we've got a lot to work on. And I think that kind of summed it up that at times in that game, in periods, I mean, the first 20 minutes, absolutely brilliant. Like one of the best periods of play in the, you know, the, the, this season really, as well, more so going forward than as a team. But we were fantastic. And then a bit of sloppiness came in. And, and I think, again, Tony Mowbray mentioned some of this as well, talking about, you know, the average age being 22 of this team that once they get comfortable in a game, and it's happened before, it's not the first time, but they seem to think, right, we've got this wrapped up. We're, we're just going to win this. All we need mm. to do is coast. And some of the players just get a bit sloppy. They give the ball away. And once you get a bit sloppy, it's hard to pick it back up. It's hard to go that way around rather than that, you know, start off well and then, and then get sloppy. It's quite easy to do that, but it's it's difficult to pick it back up again. But yeah, there was, there was players who you could look at in that team today and you think, well, oh, actually, the... They had a bit of an off day, but there's others who, who had good days and Birmingham weren't great. Listen to Wayne Rooney after the game, it was all down to the referee, but uh, which was all a bit bizarre um, <laughs> to listen to that. Um, he was talking absolute crap. I mean, but again, like you said, at the end of it all, 3-1 home win against against Birmingham, who, you know, like I said, were poor, could have been more. A, a good day, 3-1 mm. win at all. What was his problem with the ref like? Because to me, the ref could have sent off Bacunia for multiple yellow cards and never even booked them, I don't think, in the end. I mean, it was if anybody had the right to be pissed off with the, the ref, it was us. He was shocking yeah. in that first half, the referee. He, 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 ruined said, the, he ruined the first half. Yeah, he actually said that he thought that... <laughs> I couldn't understand. But the referee was um, was too easily influenced by the crowd. What? I thought, Chris, well, Bakuna would have been sent off if he was influenced by the crowd. Yeah, I'm not getting that. Because he like you said, he made he made three, four tackles that on another day are all yellow cards. Um and he booked Patrick Roberts for being fouled, which I, I can't get my head around. Roberts had been levelled two or three times yeah. by that point by the same player and he was pissed off, so he kicked the ball off the Hordens to yeah. so he got know, a yellow card. He got a yellow card for it. And I'm yeah. I'm thinking, are you taking the piss? It, that was ridiculous that. Yeah. And I know we're going to probably get into it, but I love the fact that about two minutes after that, Hume comes across the pitch to absolutely level up Bacunia and, and then stands over him and says something. And he got booked for it, but I just love that. That's like being there for your teammate because Roberts couldn't stand up for himself because he'd been booked. He, you know, he couldn't go and go down his shin or whatever with a tackle and take the yellow card or anything. The referee wasn't sort of backing him up. So Hume darts across and just does it for him. I love that. It was great. Yeah, yeah. And but and one thing we'll we'll, we'll get into it on the first goal. But Rooney was uh, whinging about the award for the corner for the for the first goal. The replays were were looking at it for for handball because it could have actually been a penalty to us. Right. He was saying that they were fantastic and they defended well. And oh, I, I don't I, game I, he was watching. When he was talking, I just said, "How are you a manager?" Honestly, <laughs> I just—it it doesn't make sense. He doesn't even need that job. I don't get it. Why is he there? Like, why? Why is he not sat on a sun lounge around a pool in a hot country? <laughs> you know, in, in in some property that he can afford, like counting his money and just enjoying his life. What the frig's he doing at Birmingham? I mean, I I said to you on the preview, I don't I don't get that appointment at all. It sounds like that's just deflection from him. Because they've failed to win again, they've, yeah. they've got beat again. Let's not forget this was a team who were doing very, very well under the last manager who got sacked. Nobody wanted Wayne Rooney in, and he hasn't won a game of football yet. So he looked 
he looked lost on the site. I mean, I was watching him from his seat, and he never left the the technical area. He was there for the full game. He, he never he never sat down or anything. He just looked a bit clueless, really. And then you had like John O'Shea and uh, Ashley Cole coming flying out every so often to to talk to him. But it, I, we had. I, if I was a Birmingham fan, I'd be absolutely fuming with my owners yeah. that they've oh. they basically just made a PR appointment or like, oh, we'll we'll, we'll bring Wayne Rooney to Birmingham and uh, it's going to get us a load of really positive attention and it hasn't. It's had the complete opposite effect. And I said to you on the preview again, like, can you imagine being in a dressing room with him and he's given the team speech and and then John O'Shea's buying him? We know what that clown's like. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, uh, uh, yeah, very, very weird setup that they've got there and I'm glad we played them when we have actually because they might they might come good I don't know um, yeah. but I just look at Wayne Rooney and I think God imagine him being your manager I don't care how good he was he, as a player he doesn't inspire anybody I mean they they, they looked lacking in inspiration not at any point in that game did I look at Birmingham and think oh they're going to fight to get back into this so yeah, for him we... to come out after the match and see he felt they defended well yeah. Yeah. There was shite at the back. We yeah. we we should have done more damage than we did. To have only got to have come away. I haven't actually heard the interview myself. I'm going off what you've said, yeah. But if my manager come out after we've conceded three goals and said we defended well, mm. I'd be thinking ah, he's, he hasn't got a clue this bloke. Yeah, but three really soft goals as well. Yeah, and they've dropped down. To, they've dropped down to seventeenth now. But having said that. Birmingham will be all right. I mean, they've got enough decent players. I mean, the, the lad who scored played well, Mayoshi, I think. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure whether I got that one He's right. tiny, by the way. Bloody hell, I, I didn't realise. He was stood next to Seal at one point, and he must be two <laughs> foot small on him. I'm thinking, bloody hell, I think watching a little kid run around, but he did play well. Yeah, his, his movement's really good, and um, and Stansfield up front, up front. I mean, actually, I wouldn't have minded at all watching him play if, he, if he'd signed for us in the summer. I think his yeah. movement is really good. Um, and we'll get into it, but I thought I thought actually Rusens was was similar to Stansfield. Although yeah. Stansfield seemed to be looking for that ball in behind, but they've got enough. They'll be all right eventually. I thought you can tell what he's trying to do. The weird thing on the sidelines, you know, he, he surrounded himself with John O'Shea, Ashley Cole, all that sort of stuff. But he he seemed to be talking more to Carl Robinson than anyone else. He seems to be his right yeah. hand man. Yeah. Yeah, is that Carl Robinson who was yep. at us? Yes. Yeah. Ah, I, I didn't see him today. Andrew actually, I, I totally. That had um, escaped us slightly. Uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Then the team selection is the first thing I want to talk about because... <laughs> what, five um, minutes before or an hour before? <laughs> yeah, well, we saw the team she'd come out. Sirkin was starting with um, Sealt and, and Hume as the centre-halves, I presumed. Um, might be the back three, I don't know. Presume this is what we'd been working on all week leading up to the game. And then, I mean, it must have been five minutes before kick-off that the team she'd changed. Lad come up the, up the road to me... Um, but just walking past us as he was walking to his seat, he said, "Serkin's pulled up in the warm up." I'm like, "What, really?" I was like, "Fucking hell!" And then, and then when they announced the teams, they still read Serkin's name out, even though Triantis was on the pitch, and it was still on the screen as well. It still had Dennis Serkin's name on the screen, so it must have been literally last minute. And I think that told, and we'll get into it, but I think that told in the performance of the first half. You could tell that the defense was a bit all over the place, and it took them a while to get themselves together. But the yeah the, the the team selection then we had uh, well we end up starting the game with Triantis and Seal at centre half Triantis came in for certain Hume playing left back Huggins at right back Ekwar Dan Neal and Bellingham in the middle Clark Roberts and Rusin as the front three no major surprises there I mean obviously the you know with with certain dropping out before the game we can't really dwell too much on that but certain was meant to start the game mm-hmm. so would you what do you, what what do you think of that because we talked about whether we would play a back three or not. 
And I, I think that's probably what he would have went with. Yeah, well, you might have not heard this bit, but there was a reporter on the sidelines who spoke to Mowbray just before kickoff about the whole Sirkin thing. And the story was from this reporter was that uh, Sirkin had been struggling all week with a hamstring injury. And oh, they, right. they, they asked him yesterday and said, are you, are you okay? And he said, yes. And then when he warmed up, he pulled up. But it's like what we were talking about in the preview. We were talking about the impact on um, Triantus or Sealed or whatever he was going to go with. Who he, if he didn't put them in, the impact on their confidence to say, well, it's like a, you know, confirming that you don't think they're good enough. And if you've got, if they're watching a player struggle all week with a hamstring injury and he still gets the nod, even though he's touch and go and his hamstring's a bit iffy, you've got to be thinking, well, hang on, I'm here and I'm fully fit. So you'd rather play, yeah. you'd rather play a player who's 60% or, or whatever it is, probably not even that because he pulled up, than, than stick me in. So out of position as well. Yeah. So his ego is already bashed because he's, because Triantus, what was left out and Sirkin got the nod, even though he wasn't fit. And then five minutes before to say, right, you're in. And, you know, like I say, they've been working on stuff. I mean, you'd like to think the way they work that, you know, somebody can just come in and pick it up. But at the same time, you know, it, you know, the psychology there is all over the shop, isn't it? It's not like he yeah. can prepare for the game and think, right, you know, get his head into gear. He's, he's, he's had this blow that he's not in. And five minutes before, it's all over the place, and it's right, right. Get your kit off. Come on, you're in. Um, you know, yeah. So it's it's one of those things that you know, a young lad as well. First, first kind of appearance in the championship, and like when they got going, you could tell that it wasn't so much. You know, at times they were nervous on the ball. You could tell just be you know because it was the whole, it was the whole occasion. But at the same time, it was more to do with their positioning. Like they're getting used mm-hmm. to playing each other with each other, especially at that level when you've got strikers and players pulling you all over the shop. So it wasn't the best circumstances for them to do that, but it happened and it's good. I think it's a good thing that in we talked again in the preview that if it was going to happen, a home game against Birmingham is a good time for them to step in. Yeah, and to be fair to them, I think would be being incredibly harsh if we just judged them on their performance because of what you've just said. The circumstances around the team selection and everything, for you to make your first start in this manner, I think is, is it was difficult for Triantis. You could tell from the start of the game, him, him and Seal, they both played pretty poorly. And actually, we can't just point them out because a few players played poorly, but yep. I thought Trey Hume struggled a bit playing left-back. And it can't have helped anybody, the fact that it all, you know, whatever we'd planned all week had changed that quickly. Obviously, Trey Hume was never going to play left-back. Sirkin would have been over on that side of the pitch. So, you know, you've got to be fair to all of them, really, and say, like, yes, they might not have played particularly well, but it was a weird set of circumstances which led to them coming in. So I'm going to actually caveat any sort of opinion on the performance with that. Like, you look at the Birmingham goal, which we will get into, but it's all positioning, it's communication, which, yeah. you, you know, if you've been working together all week on a system and a shape... And then you do your your training through the week where you work on your shape. You're working on all of these things, who moves, when when to move, and who steps in, who steps out. So it, you can sort of excuse it in a way, a lot of it. And, you know, you, you, they'll not get many chances for it to be excused. You know, if they get a run of games together and, uh, you know, we keep they keep making mistakes, then you're going to go, come on, lads, you know, you've, you've had your chance to get your head rounded a bit. But I just think on this, this occasion, you've got to kind of give them a little bit of leeway because... Yeah, as you saw, you know, as the game went on, they actually both improved. And by the end of the game, 
they were fine. They were absolutely yeah. fine. Um, it just it was that first forty five really where you're kind of looking at it and going, you know, they've, they've been throwing a curveball and they've had to deal with it. Yeah, and and like you said, we'll, we'll get into it in more detail because it comes out in in the goals and things like that. But I don't think the two lads at the back were protected enough by the midfield in front of them. I Correct, think yeah. and Dan Neil are, are fantastic players. They are going to be amazing players moving forward. But, I mean, let's say we had a Corey Evans in front of them. Corey Evans would have went, hang on, uh-huh, I've, got two, yeah. I've got two young lads behind me. I'm going to make sure that if I get the ball in midfield, that I'm not taking any risks. I'm giving it easy. I'm not holding on to the ball for too long. I'm not giving it away in front of them. I'm not allowing the opposition to break. You know, just to give them a little bit of protection, just to realise what's behind them and to to kind of have a di- slightly different mindset to think, I need to play a little bit safer, but to protect these lads because, you know, they're, they're under pressure and, you know, they're a bit nervous and all, just to get them off to a good start. And yeah, I don't think they were helped by what, what was in front of them. Nah, we started the game pretty well though, didn't we? We would, like I said to you, I think we've got to start quick and get at them and move the ball quickly. And if we get that early goal, it, it you know it defines the game because we are a very hard team to um, overcome once we've got a lead. And we did that. To be fair, we were really good. We looked really fluid when we were moving the ball around the box. I thought Rusin started well. He had the first big chance of the game when he hit the post. I was gutted when he didn't score, and so was he. He's so desperate to just get off and running. You seen him sort of in the motion when it hit the hit the post. <laughs> he like drops to his knees and puts his uh, head in his hands, and then realizes you know the ball's coming back to him and he's got to kind of like, snap out of it quickly. But I thought I thought that was a an indication of the way we'd started the game because we we started really really well and 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 the tempo was fantastic and um, Birmingham didn't really know what to do with us. Again, it's just <laughs> making us laugh thinking about what you said about Wayne Rooney saying he felt they defended well because. Yeah. I thought we made them look really sloppy at the back at times and that was most evident in that probably the first 20, 25 minutes of the game where, you know, we were really at them. Luckily, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't allow the, the disappointment of hitting the post to sort of rush over us and um, we got that, that goal and it had to be Job. It had to be. And uh, I'm annoyed because I went for a piss and I missed it. <laughs> so I'm that bloke who everyone's going to be like, go on, go to the toilet when we're, when we're struggling for a goal. <laughs> no, because um, I mean nothing will ever top missing Defoe's volley against Newcastle because I was having a piss. <laughs> but uh, I was a bit annoyed. I was standing having a piss, and I heard the the roar of the crowd, and I'm like, ah, "Fuck's sake, man!" Um, um, luckily, I didn't miss an absolute classic. Like it was just a it was a nice, well worked goal scored from a corner, um, which is always nice. And the move was was fantastic. You know, Rusin. Um, Stoops very low to, to flick the ball on and uh, Job was there to flick it in and you know happy days I'm uh, I'm over the moon with Job getting the goal it, it had to be him and it's nice to be on the other side of that particular situation because it's normally ex-Sunland players scoring against us which becomes a story but in this case it was Joe Bellingham getting the goal and uh, over the moon for him and you know, he had a wry smile on his face didn't he he looked, he looked pleased with himself but he didn't want to over celebrate knowing that it would be interpreted the wrong way if he did. And uh, great way to start the game for him. And it, it sort of, from that point, it, it helped his performance because he, he played without pressure and getting that goal was important. But yeah, ni- nice to score in the manner we did after the pressure we'd put on them. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I, I hope your weak bladder uh, brings success to the lads uh, for, for many years to come, mate. If you can yeah, keep I'm, going. I'm calling it a weak bladder. I think it was just three pints of uh, Stella before the game, and me, me, me bladder's actually quite good usually. But you know, I got, I should have, I should have went before the game. But anyways, you know. No, no, no. Now I'm going to no, be every every no, home match. Now I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be nipping off the toilet as quick as That's I can. It. Exactly. Keep doing it. Um. But yeah, like <laughs> like I said earlier, first twenty odd minutes, absolutely brilliant. Like one of the best twenty minute periods of the of the season so far. I thought we were brilliant all over Birmingham. Birmingham didn't really know what hit them. I mean, second minute, Rusin. It was a long ball forward from Triantis, I think, to start the whole thing off and it ended up at Rusin's feet. A couple of minutes in, and he just shot wide. I'm not quite sure how close it was. Just shot past the, the right-hand post. Um, he was unlucky with that. And then, you know, five minutes after that, that's when Clark switched the ball to Roberts. Roberts did his thing and then squared it to Huggins. And I thought uh, I thought Huggins was going to smash it. Oh, he, that, I forgot about that. He should have buried he, that. And then he scuffed his shot. Um, he was absolutely gutted, though. By the way, on that one, are you surprised that Clark passed it? Because we all were watching it. Well, it's funny because it was another thing I was I was going to say it because, again, as we started off in this 20-minute period, we talked about it, um, the last home game, which was Norwich, that Roberts and Clark seemed to be releasing the ball so much earlier in these last few mm-hmm. weeks. And it, this 20-minute period, they did exactly that. They were looking up. You know, it's it's been a massive change, I think, over the last few weeks where they've realised that to create goals and for these strikers to come in and get chances to get goals, that they need to do that. And and they did that. And Roberts Roberts did the same. I thought Roberts was brilliant in that first uh, in that first 20 minutes. When Rusin hit the post, if you watch, he just he's bringing it out away from goal. He just you see him almost put his foot out just before and the ball rolls half a yard further than he wants it to. And that means he can't wrap his foot around it. So he ends up hitting it too straight. So he almost hits it too well in terms of just the, the ball goes to, in a straight line against the post rather than just bending in slightly in, you know, off the inside of the post and into that corner, which, which I think he was aiming to do. But he, he was unlucky with it. But the, the best thing about Rusin is, and I talked about, I mentioned earlier on uh, with Stansfield at the other end, is that he looked for the ball in behind. He was moving. Yeah. He's just, he never stops moving. It's a, it's just refreshing to see rather than have a player standing in the middle of the of the pitch, kind of waiting for the ball. But yeah, I mean, and then the goal came. What was it? Kind of after about fifteen, sixteen minutes, you see a good move. I actually think it was a it was a bit of a mishit corner that <laughs> that that Rusin did Possibly, well. To, well, Rusin, yeah, Rusin did well. He, he good job that he can, you know, he's he's bendy enough to stoop low and <laughs> yeah. flick it on. And then Job did well to kind of because he had to kind of shuffle himself across, and then he looked a bit awkward for it. But the way the way he moved his body just in time and and knocked it in, I thought uh, thought was brilliant. And for his age, he seems to have an instinct for knowing where to be. Yes, whether it's yeah. even in normal play or off set pieces, he just seems to have this instinct, natural instinct of of what's going to happen and where he should be. He's a he's a freak. He's a freak. We were talking about this at the match. I was what like. Uh, he never, he's never like the best player on the pitch, but I watch him. I'm just like, he, yeah. he's a good player. Tidy. He's always good. Like today, and I, again, I don't know if this was necessarily picked up on the cameras, but he just, him and Dion Sanderson just battled constantly, mm. and they were. It was like you could tell he was enjoying winding them up, and they were doing it to each other. And there was a, there was a moment in the game where Job ran alongside Sanderson, and he came off the better of it and won the ball, and then he turned to the east stand and like, mm. like. Punched his fist that. in the air, mm-hmm. and uh, Sanderson was laughing at him. But it, I, I, I turned to me, mate. I went, 
he's 18. What's he doing? Like, yeah. where does this come from? It's not normal. I just think these Bellinghams are freaks. There's like there's something just, <laughs> they've got something, like he's, he's got something. I, I mean, you know, clubbing with his brother's probably not being fair enough because he's got something like he's got, it's not like I'm watching an 18 year old play football and you're right. He's got, he's just got the knack of being in the right place more often than not. And that's yeah. not just in terms of goals because he's not like he yeah. scored loads. It's just, on the pitch, being in the right place to receive the ball, like it's an un- it's it's an uncoachable trait that he's got, but it's just it's a big feature of his game, and he and he's gonna he's gonna show it more and more as the season goes on. Yeah, and it's like as you said, it, like I said, not not just things like this, but it's it's getting into those pockets where he knows the spaces, and he just mm-hmm. he just finds himself there. He doesn't sprint there. He doesn't. He just kind of floats, and he he just knows kind of be where where to be on the pitch. But the other thing about getting the corner and forcing the corner is it was a major part of how we how we started the game. But we won the corner basically by winning the ball high up the pitch. And again, that high press at home. We, we've done mm-hmm. the same to Southampton. We've done the same to Norwich. And we've done the same again to Birmingham. Winning the ball high up the pitch and forcing the... Because the majority of championship sides aren't good on the ball. Like there's, there's only a few teams who actually can handle being good on the ball and keeping possession and playing out from the back. Yeah, yet they all try it. We were yeah. talking about this today. They had John Ruddy playing out from the back. I'm yeah. sorry, but come on. What yeah. are you doing? Play your strengths. I, I, I'm going off in a direction, yeah, and I know. Sorry, you were making the point, but I was listening to <laughs> Sam. I was listening to Sam Allardyce's podcast through the week, and um, he was talking about how like David Moyes has fallen into the trap of what's happening now with modern football, where you just think you've got to play a certain way, and now West Ham aren't keeping as many clean sheets, and they're conceding a lot more goals as a result. And I do sometimes wonder, like again, like it, it, teams like this, Birmingham, why they're playing out from the back? They haven't got the players to do it. So you're right. It makes them look stupid and it makes them look unorganised. Yeah. And and we've got the players who've got pace, energy, like our front players. And when they step onto a team, the amount of goals we've got this season by stepping onto a side and we're trying to play out from the back, especially at home. And and we did it again here because that the, the whole getting the corner resulted from us winning winning the ball high up the pitch. Yeah, it did. It did. And like I say, I think it was deserved as well, by the way. I thought the first 17 minutes we were brilliant. Yeah. It was a totally deserved goal. It's nice, isn't it, watching us now. Uh, it doesn't always happen, like, but more often than not, where like we start the game really well, and it always seems to end up with us getting a goal. Mm. You know, I, I know we've had a few performances recently where that's not been the case, but I th- mo- like I say, more often than not, we'll we'll have a really good start of the game, and then sort of 15, 16, 17 minutes in or whatever, like we get that big chance and we score, and it's just nice to see a Southern team do that. Because I've been so used to us either not starting games well or not taking advantage of starting games well and being punished for it. Mm. Where like I just think we're so good at what we do sometimes that there's no stopping us from from doing what we eventually end up doing, which is you know winning games, scoring goals. And that, like I say, it's just a I think it's a result of the way we if we start games well, we will score. Like I always feel that. I always think if if we just come flying out the blocks, pass the ball, put them on the back foot from the off, they can't handle the pressure and they end up conceding um, because we're just so good at what we do and it's a credit to really to the way they've been coached and you know the, the youthfulness of the squad as well you kind of you, you sort of expect them to, to really enjoy playing under them circumstances and then getting the goals if we can do that more consistently like we will be a real force because yeah. like I've, I've said already I think once we get ahead in a game Teams struggle to to do anything about it. Like we're we're ahead and we're staying ahead 
or at least we're not going to lose the game. And that's how I always feel about this team. I think, I think we're just very difficult to 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 stop once we get going. Yeah, yeah, and we've said we've said that for a while. You know, the players they get kind of that confidence of going in the lead. They just start playing, and once they start playing, once this side starts playing, there's not many teams who can handle us. But mm-hmm. having said that, we I think in this game because after after we got that opener, then um, it was you know about six or seven minutes later, Joe then hit the post. And yeah. I actually made a note at that point saying, because we were so good and dominant that we need, I actually made a, I mean, it's an obvious note, but we needed a second just because mm-hmm. when, you, when you're that dominant and, you, and it remains 1-0, like I said, anything can kind of happen. It can come off someone's backside. But then about 10 minutes, it was, it was kind of a little bit of a turning point when Job hit the post um, because we started to get sloppy. And, yeah, we did. But this is the other way we can go. And and you're right that the majority of times we've gone the other way and just getting confident and just ran away with it. But Mowbray mentioned this after the game that we've got this trait as well that crops up now and again where we get so confident and we get so dominant. We almost just try and do the fancy thing. We think it's easy. And we think this, you know, a game in the championship, we're just going to waltz it. We're 1-0 up. We're going to get a second at some point. We're going to win this easy. And you yeah. saw Ekwes start giving the ball away in his own half. You saw Dan Neal take touches that we've yeah. never really seen this season because he's been on it all season. And he was he was off off the pace today. I don't know whether the whole captain thing was all built up too much or or, or what, but he was. Or or maybe actually that maybe kind of Ekwes' performance. You know he couldn't do his thing because you know because what Ekwes were doing, or just because neither of them could get going. But it just seemed like we we just went off the boil. And to be fair to to Birmingham, we got really nervy. And again, it might have come from the centre halves, and it might have come from the midfield. But we just got nervy and what giving the ball away. And within about well, because it was only about a five minute period between Joe hitting the post and them scoring. But that five minute period, I reckon we give the ball away three or four times. And Birmingham yeah. were getting Birmingham. It got it got them kind of thinking right. We're in this now. So you know, Sunderland have. You know, got, there's a chink in the armour and uh, and yeah, and they ended up getting the goal. Yeah, they took advantage of us uh, and it was Ekwe who gave the ball away and we we were looking at it just before we started recording and there's just a massive sort of chasm in the middle of the pitch, isn't there? Like between our defence and the midfield, there's just this big gap and Mayoshi's the one who takes advantage of it and he runs off Dan Neal and that's who Seals complaining at, I think, when they score. Because he runs off Dan Neal, he's in space, as a space. Sealt and Triantis between them, neither of them really take up the ownership of getting across to him as they should. And yeah, the ball comes from out wide, it comes into a, a pocket of space. And to be fair to Mayoshi, it's a fantastic finish. Like a lovely goal, Brilliant. to be yeah. fair. You know, and and I, I did hear on the Sky, um, on the highlights, them bigging the goal up and talking about how like, you know, how well worked it was. And, you know, it was it was it was well worked, but we, we were our own worst enemies in that instance because we just, like you say, sloppiness from the midfield and a defensive pairing who weren't really switch, switched on to what was going on. And overall, it was just a poor goal to concede and uh, repeating ourselves, but it's always us and, and, and our own mistakes. Like, yes, a fantastic finish, but it was it was an avoidable goal. Yeah. And, and like you say, it came as a result of just pure sloppiness from us. So, Another one to to add to the list of goals we've conceded this season, where we should be kicking ourselves for it because yeah. it was poor. 
yeah, we've talked about this before, and the amount of goals where we can point to ourselves and say that was that was all on us, not you know as much as it was the the opposition pulling us apart. And uh, yeah, this one so yeah started with Equa, Equa gave the ball away, and then Triantis instead of just being safe, you know, he, he tries to kind of lay it off to um, Hume which is, I don't know why, he he slides in and thinks, oh, I'm going to lay it off to Hume so we keep possession. Just clear it, get it out for a throw-in, get it out for a mm-hmm. corner, you know, worry about, you know, everything else later. And then the other thing, when Hume goes to close Stansfield down, but he's busy pointing, he points at Sealed and then he points at someone else, to, to Dan Neal or whatever, instead of just doing his job and closing Stansfield down. And when I was watching him, I'm thinking, do your job. Don't like if any, if everyone else doesn't do theirs, that's their that's their problem. But you cut out whatever Stansfield's doing. It's your job to put him into the crowd and put the ball out for a for a throw and just kind of take him out or whatever you need to do. But that that was all a bit weird. And then when the ball comes across, we were having a look at it before, and you can draw square between the two centre halves and the two centre midfielders, and you can draw square with, with them at the four corners and right in the middle. There's Mayushi who, who finishes it off and he's in the middle of all four of them and they're all standing looking at each other. And all it takes is one player to take responsibility. And uh-huh. we can, again, we can come back to the average age at this point and say these are lessons where, you know, somebody's yeah. running in and they won't allow someone to, to run off them next time. They'll take responsibility, make sure he's marked up and just deal with the deal with the danger. Because the, especially the two, the two centre-offs are marking space and there's only one player <laughs> where the danger is. The danger isn't Stansfield because Hume's got to out to close him down. The danger is the players in the box, and there's only one there. So pick him up, yeah. deal with it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the ref then became the story of the rest of the half, just for what we mentioned before, not not booking their players when it was obvious they should be booked, um, allowing Roberts to get kicked all over the place, and then booking Roberts for being frustrated at that. Just um, <laughs> crazy, really. And, the you know, I think it probably took a bit of the heat off, uh, off Wayne Rooney as well. Because you know, as as he seems to have said after the game, he's sort of been pinning blame on the ref for whatever reason. Uh, but the ref walks off the pitch and uh, and it is booed loudly and um, became the story of much of the much of the half. But when we were standing talking at halftime, me and my mates, I think I was I was just sort of bewildered by how poor some of our play had been in that first half, and and it was it. I just thinking like why. Is, I mean, it was mainly Neil and Equa that were frustrating us because we were just giving the ball away too much. Yeah. And um, what I did feel was that we would come back out and be a bit more sorted. I'm I'm sure when they got in the dressing room, Tony Mowbray would have been pointing out very obviously that we need to, we need to switch on a bit more and you're just giving the ball away too much. And, and we were a lot better in the second half, I think. And and oh. sometimes we criticise Mowbray for. Uh, <laughs> You know, we, we seem to go in at half time sometimes, and you don't know what he's been saying to them. But I, th- I think we did look a bit more organised second half. Even if you know Equa Equa still played poorly, Dan Neil improved. I thought he was better second half. But yeah, it was it was just frustrating to go in at, at one all, wasn't it? At half time. Well, it it was it, it was overall. But about five minutes before half time, Birmingham had that break where I thought, oh, they're in here, and the ball was squared, and it took Huggins to make that last minute last ditch tackle. Yeah. The the break was one of those where you thought, oh no! After all that, Birmingham were going to go in at half time in the lead, and I thought it was going to be ridiculous. But like I said, Hug- and Huggins was brilliant today. Um, but that best that player was in a- the park, brilliant. Yeah, I thought he was fantastic. But that was a that was a massive moment. Five minutes before half time, and the ball squared, 
and there's and, and he's he's in the center of the box and you think all he needs to do is finish it off and Huggins comes in and nicks the ball off him and that was a massive moment five minutes before half time yeah Huggins was like I say outstanding the whole game I think he dug he dug Hume and the, the two centre halves out the shit a few times and Equa he was all over the pitch he was brilliant he played like somebody who understands his position could be under threat because you've got lads coming in you've got you know Sirkin was Sirkin was supposed to play and he's ahead of him in the pecking order in terms of you know naturally we all we've always said you know Sirkin's a fantastic player and but he, he can't stay fit and Huggins has just got to keep doing that if he keeps mm. playing games like that and the rest can't. of the lads can't stay fit it's his yeah. position isn't it you, you, can't, know, you can't fault them. them yeah exactly um but yeah second half I thought we were much better but you know still in places a little bit scrappy and, and sloppy and stuff but we we did play fairly well and the goal that we got, the second one, I know they gave it to Neca Triantis on the on the I don't know if they did it on Sky, but on the in the ground anyway, as he was announced as scoring. Rubbish. But it, it but <laughs> Never it, yeah, a score. yeah, yeah. But um, it came it came from him putting pressure on Sanson, didn't it? You know, breaking his neck to get on the end of the ball. I, I, who who put the ball in? By the way, I can't remember who it was. Well, it was a clock. Wasn't it? it it's well that that, that conversation is part of a bigger thing because it's. It's something we've started doing last two or three weeks. Uh, these short corners, yes. that pretty much every single corner. The it's funny because the first goal came from one that wasn't fun, <laughs> funny yeah. enough. Um, one of the few that. Do you know what it is actually? Just come back to us there. I sent my brother and law went, "What we're doing? Why would we take the short?" And then we scored, and then you just looked at us and laughed at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I, I, was, I wasn't impressed. I've always been. I've always hated short corners because I've never understood when you've got the chance to put the ball in the box that you don't take it. You pass it out. But mm-hmm. we've been doing it a few for a few weeks. But what we do is, which I don't mind so much, all we do is change the angle and then get the ball into the. But we make sure it ends up with a cross, um, which I don't mind so much. Is if you're going to take short corners, and this one was another one. And actually, even Wayne Rooney talked about after the game. He said, "Yeah, we know Sunderland do short corners, and we still." You know, we we still kind of conceded yeah. from it, but th- like I said, it was it, Clark took it, knocked it, knocked it out of Roberts, and it was Roberts' cross. And to be fair, if we're gonna call it, it was an awful cross. I mean, it was crap, <laughs> and it was only because Hume didn't give it up. And actually, most of the majority of players had, had given that up, especially all the Birmingham defenders and Ruddy. They were all just watching it, thinking, "Yeah, it's it's gone." Hume was brilliant, not giving that up, winning the ball, um, but not only to win the ball because he was on the stretch. If he'd kind of thrown it, it just from a standing kind of position, he couldn't have judged it more perfectly over Ruddy and right yeah. into the middle of the goal. And you're right that about Triantis because he he absolutely threw himself at it with two players and he got properly clattered by the two lads who were trying to defend. And then I can't remember who the other one was on the line, but one of them smashed the ball basically against Sanderson's hand um, and it was an own goal. Triantis didn't have anything to do with it touching the ball. But if he wasn't there... It's a simple clearance, and and Birmingham yeah. clear it, clear it, and it it stays one one. So it was all down to him chucking himself at it. But uh, but yeah, I thought how how Hume not just kept the ball in, but managed to loop it over Ruddy, who for some reason kind of gave it up in the air. It was all from a a short corner that looked to have uh, gone wrong bizarrely. Yeah, and then around the hour, Matt, I wouldn't get your your thoughts on this taking off Rusin and bringing on Barr. Yeah. I didn't get that. I didn't no. get that at all. It was a weird substitute good. to make. Yeah, Rusin had played well, and we decided, all right, we'll take him off. We'll we'll not play with a centre forward. So we brought on Barr, and then 
shifted Job up front. And he did okay, actually, Job, when he was up there. But I, I just don't get it. Like You've got strikers on the bench. You've got a striker on the pitch. What would it, like? I didn't get it at all. I, I mean, yeah. to be honest, I thought, other than... I don't think Barr played well at all um, when he came on. But the other subs, it worked out. But this one, I just... I just I didn't understand the thinking. He's got the hour mark, and he thought, right, let's bring him off. And it didn't. There didn't seem to be a lot of thought behind it. No. Well, there was twelve minutes between that bar Rusin sub and then the two subs that he made, where Roberts and Job came off for Ashish and uh, Mayenda. And I tell you what, if I was Mowbray, I would have been tempted to bring Bar off after after ten minutes because <laughs> he just could not keep possession of the football. Yeah. <laughs> just you know when we needed it because it was 2-1 I mean at that point again similar to what we talked about in the first half all it needs is Birmingham to nick the ball and, and make a decent break and then the game changes again but he was he was poor when he came on but the whole substitute uh, that, that first substitute um, I didn't really get you've got what three strikers on the bench and then you've got attacking midfielders who actually I'd have picked ahead of Bart to come on in that position I mean, I'd have, I'd have mm-hmm. rather Oshis come on a bit earlier, or or, or Pritchard, or, or or even Dak, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something like that. But if you if you bring in a striker off, and again we're talking about psychology of players, you've got three strikers on the bench, and a striker comes off, and all three strikers are sitting there watching it. Yeah, it was weird. Was but unless unless he'd had a word with them about what he was going to do before the game, unless it was a plan. But you say Job did well when he got pushed further forward. He did, but just as well as he was doing in midfield. Yeah, yeah. So why? Why? Get, and, and the difference between Bar and He gets moved about too Rusin, much, doesn't he? He gets. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think Job gets moved about too much? Because he's like he's doing perfectly fine where he was. There's been other games where he's dropped him back, or like so. He, what he'll do is Job will be be playing well. He gets moved about a couple of times, and then he gets brought off. And I just, I just find it weird. To be fair, I do think sometimes because it happens in the the late stages. I'm not I'm not so keen when you know he had to start up top. I'm not sure that really should have happened. Um, you know, because he's he's learning his trade in in midfield. But I think when it happens in the later stages of games, I do wonder if it's as much to try and keep him on the pitch and save his legs a little bit. Yeah, possibly, possibly it just yeah just struck us as weird. <laughs> yeah. Um... But like you mentioned, he made them them other changes. Seventy um, fourth minute, Mayenda and Oshish came on for Job and Patrick Roberts, and I, yeah, I didn't have a, you know I didn't have much uh, any grievance really with this. I, I would have liked mm. to see Mayenda maybe a bit earlier, but I like the look of him. Mind he looks good, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I've I've only just seen the chance back where he nearly scored, and it looked like Ruddy had made a really good save, and I don't have <laughs> seen it, but it just whacks him on the neck. Yeah. Um, and then there's a there's a picture of Ruddy's neck, and he's just got a massive red ball uh, mark on his neck. Um, so Mayenda lashed that one at him, but he, I really like the look of him. He just looks exciting. He looks like he wants to run at people. There was a moment where like all four of their defenders just backed off. They didn't want to go to yeah. him, and he, I think it was that that might have been the chance that it he was. had. Yeah. You know, he he put the frighteners up their defense, and and again, Oshish. He looks good every time he comes on the pitch. He's got to be wondering when he's going to get a start, to be honest, because we're now in November. Every time he comes on the pitch, he affects games. And he's got to be thinking, when's my time? You know what I mean? He's he scored a goal. He's gone the end of it. But that's what I, do you know what I like about him is, is that his attitude's really good when he comes on. So he came on the pitch and he was trying to rile the Sunderland fans up. He was like, yeah. 
every time the ball went out on the touchline or, or behind for a corner, he was like throwing his hands up in the air. He was trying to get the crowd going. And um, I just think his attitude's fantastic. He, like For somebody who's not starting games, he's probably probably a bit frustrated. I really like when he comes on that that he that he sort of sees it as an opportunity and not as a booby prize, really. And I thought, you know, yes, I'm going to criticise Mowbray for the for the Rusin change, but I actually thought these two subs were were good changes and they they positively affected us because there was a moment there where I thought Birmingham were, would would maybe getting a chance to get back into it, and this just shifted the momentum back in our favour a little bit more. And um, we looked, at, you know, we brought on two really dangerous players who Birmingham didn't really. I don't think they knew much about. I mean, we don't even know anything about Mayenda. <laughs> so he comes on and he's just running at them, and they're like, "Freaking hell!" I've been mm-hmm. chasing after Jack Clark and Patrick Roberts for and Rusin for for seventy odd minutes, and then they've brought this kid on who just wants to run at us. It made their life hell. Yeah, well, that chance he, he carried the ball probably twenty five yards uh, before he actually took the shot, and they just backed off him and backed off him. But he looks stocky, doesn't he? I mean, eighteen year old. He's yeah. not like a, he's not a bean. He's not like a you know. He's, it doesn't look like he can push be pushed off the ball easily, but he looks like he's it looks like he's got a pace. He looks like he's got a cracking shot on, on him as well. He looks uh, left footed as well. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. I didn't know that until actually watching him um, in action properly like that. But the, the way it smashed off Ruddy's face, he's got a hell of a strike on him. Um, and then <laughs> oh, and then yeah, the, morning morning. And he, he seemed to work well with Clark. Uh, Clark was giving him the ball a lot. The Oshish thing. It's strange because he must have watched, you know, Pritchard come on a lot and Dak come on a lot, and thought, "Hang on a minute, I've I've done well every time I've come on." You know, what's what's the problem? And I want to see him more. And I, I'm not saying he should be in it, it ahead of any of them in the middle of the park. I just think in some of the games where we've needed, and we talked about the Swansea game, in some of the games where we needed somebody to unlock a door and create something, be in the right position, he looks like that type of player. Um, so I, I'm hoping we see him more, you know, earlier in games where we could do with a goal or, you know, it's 2-1 like it was in this situation and he, he comes on and he changes it. But the, the, the goal, again, all about Jack Clark and the, was, yeah. the way the way he did it, I think it was Andy Hinchcliffe, who I'm not really usually a fan of on, on Sky, but he actually, <laughs> desc- he actually described him as the championship Grealish. Which actually, when you think about it, is probably probably not <laughs> not too far um, away from the truth. And and this goal was all about that because those two defenders were so scared about what he was going to do. He actually gave them pretty much gave them the ball at one point, but yeah. the, they were so backed off him and didn't want to commit themselves that they didn't take the ball off him. And he just went, "Oh, I'll, I'll take it back then if you're not going to take <laughs> off it." He actually because he, he, he took a dodgy touch. He meant to kind of roll it under his foot and missed. If they were kind of closing him down properly, like they do with most wingers, they'd have nicked the ball off him. But he just went, all right, then, well, if you're not going to take it, I'll just knock it around you and square the ball and we'll go 3-1 up. And it's it's a sign of how sometimes defenders are so scared about what he's going to do because he's playing so well and he's one of the best players in the league that even even when he screws up, he still beats two men and squares it and gets an assist. Yeah, I thought he... Tortured that poor right back all afternoon. Yeah. He never got near him whenever he wanted. And to be honest, it wasn't like Clark was brilliant. He wasn't in the game as much as he normally is. It was just, I think it's a sign of how good he is actually and how well he's playing. In that he's, you know, maybe he wasn't in the game loads, but he when he when we needed him to affect the game, he did. Yeah. And let's like say he, he definitely balls it up the first time round, but then he got he got back on the ball and then turned them inside out. Yep. And put a lovely ball. There was there was one, and I had a great angle of it because it was at my end of the pitch in the uh, 
in the first half where he went down the left hand side and he played that he played like a a grass cut a pass with the outside of his right boot oh, right across the face of goal. Yeah. It was I mean it was it was a gorgeous ball that. Yeah. He's definitely improving in terms of his his sort of assists clock because he was all, he's always been a player who you expect goals from but now we're starting to see he's actually got really good quality in terms of producing as well yeah. in terms of the chances he's creating. Um, I'm 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 gutted we never scored from that one when you know just because it was lush, wasn't it? It was a lovely. I don't know how it came across on the TV, but I had yeah. a great angle of it because I was right in. I was right in front of it, and um, it was a beautiful pass. But like you say, the one he sets up uh, the goal for Oshish, he, he'd lost the ball. But like you say, they were frightened of him, and that right back had got nowhere near him all day. And uh, right place, right time for Oshish. But again, it's the timing of runs. It's being in the right. You know, you you don't just end up there by accident. He's he's made a good move to get into that position, and the understanding between good players is is if you you know a player like Jack Clark, if he knows there's good players in the box, just put it into an area and somebody will get on the end of it, and um, that's what happened, and it was a it was a nice goal. The other thing about this goal, it's it's another sign of um, how confident Niall Huggins is getting because he stepped yeah. he stepped into the middle of the park and in he was he knew exactly what was going to happen. He intercepted the ball, and then he was a but he. He had one thing on his mind. He just carried the ball forward. Then he gave the ball to Clark um, in a dangerous area, and he caught by him doing that. He caught Birmingham on the break, and they weren't ready for. They weren't kind of set up for Jack Clark to do his thing. But yeah, that that was um, that, that's where it all started. And it's a sign. Nigel Huggins has really kind of grown into you know every single it, again. It reminds us a little bit of Trey Hume last season, and he's one of these. If you keep on the pitch. Yeah, he's, he's just going to get better and better, and he, he was brilliant today. He, he's proved his fitness now, I think, because I was worried he was going to break down and, you know, touch wood. Um, yeah. There's nothing coming in that regard. But well, That I, comes he, with games, doesn't it? It does, it does, yeah. And durability, like, yeah, your, your body re- responds completely differently when you... All the players that I hear on these podcasts and stuff, like, talking about their careers, they talk about how, like, you never, you never actually fit as a footballer. Mm. You've always got something up. You've always got niggle, but they're easier to manage when you're playing games. You know, you've got someone like Sirkin who's like for the last two years just feels like he's been constantly injured. He's not getting runs of games to like manage the problems he's got, or you know. So with Huggins, that you're dead right. It's coming with playing a lot of football. He's just cracking on now, and I'm delighted for Huggins actually because he sort of feels like the bridesmaid and not the bride in many respects, like. <laughs> Yes, he's in the team, but you're like, okay, but, you know, Serkin's coming along soon. So, mm. you know, thanks for what you've done, Niall, but, you know, Serkin's going to come in soon and, you know, you'll be back on the bench. And he's actually got better and better and improving a lot and um, hasn't broke down, hasn't picked up injuries, has just played. And whether that be left back, right back, wherever he's asked to play, done a job, but this is the first time where I've watched him and thought, actually... You know, he was the best player in the park today. He was that's the best game he's had for Sunderland by a by a long stretch. And considering there might have been a point in that game where uh, even the point in the build up where he might not have actually been involved in the game. Because I, I I was looking at thinking I would have dropped him, actually. I would have probably went with Cirkin and Hume as the fullbacks and two centre halves. I said that to you on the on the uh, preview pod. And with all that uncertainty and still having to prove himself. He's come out of the game and people are like, oh, I think he's finally arrived, actually. This this is like, this is Huggins arriving on the scene. 
you know, it would have been easier to say that after that wonder goal he scored against whoever it was earlier in the season. But actually, this is the first time we've seen a sort of whistle to whistle, ninety minute quality performance out of him. Yeah. And I'm just I'm over the moon for him. And and again, it's it's probably a good point to to remember that you're talking about a performance from Huggins like that and a three one victory when you're missing Dan Ballard, Luca Nine, Dennis Serkin, Agielise, Pembele, five yeah. five defenders who I reckon, when fully fit, would probably get into all but one or two, maybe championship teams, easy, no bother. Yeah. Um, and you're missing all five of them, and you've got performance like Niall Huggins, and you win 3-1. Yeah, 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 it, it, it says it all. Just it, it. We've talked about this quite a bit. The, the, the players who get the opportunities take them more often than not in this team. You, you, you never see us like drop a player in, bring, bring players in, and then... You don't and come away and go, oh, well, he didn't really do anything today. The tend to, when they come into the team, they tend to really take the opportunity or even come off the bench. Like I, I briefly mentioned it before, but my end, that's the first time he's played football, hmm. proper football since what last season? I don't think he, oh, he might have, I don't know if he played any any games for Social before we signed him in August, but even let's say he did, it's like four months since he played. So he comes on the pitch and he's like, I'm going to, I'm just going to have a go. You know, that's what you want. You want to see it. Even Burstow, to be fair, when Burstow only got what five, six, seven minutes or whatever it was with with the injury time, and even that Burstow actually had a couple of moments where he where he ran at them and he was like, you know, this is it's an opportunity to to show what I can do, um, and that's what you want. You wanted you want to see lads coming on and doing their best and and taking the chances and stuff. But uh, but yeah, it was it was in the end. I actually I was I was pleased with the way we ended the game because there were points in the game where we weren't great. But there were points in the game where we were very good. And I think by the end, it looked very comfortable for us. It was a bit like that QPR game in the sense like we gave QPR an in. And then eventually we were just the better team and we were our quality showed. And Birmingham didn't really have an answer for it. It was lovely to see Wayne Rooney looking all depressed and glum on the side because... I just like being a part of the fact it's going tits up there. I really resent them actually for <laughs> sacking the manager. I'm not normally that bothered, but I'm like, if you sack someone who's doing a perfectly good job, you deserve to get B3-1 and you deserve to like be miserable. Not the fans, but just the club, <laughs> him. He'll be he'll be gone by January if this carries on. Uh, he's, he's got most of his mates in charge, um, but uh, he, he'll not be going anywhere for a good while. Too much, too much <laughs> to pay him off. But uh, but yeah, in terms of us, um, again, uh, we, we've said it, I think pretty much the same conversation after the Norwich game, that we, we're comfortable. And at no point, even at 1-1, I mean, you, you always think in the back of your mind when it's 1-1, 2-1, you know, anything could happen. But at the same time, I just didn't see us losing this game or not winning it. I just thought we'd too good for Birmingham. It, and if we didn't, it was going to be just one of those ridiculous days where you just, you just don't get what you deserve out of the game because we were by far the better team. We we were, you know, streets ahead of Birmingham, whatever Wayne Rooney says after the game, talking absolute nonsense. Um, we were way better than them. Um, and we we did our thing, and but and and it was good to hear Mowbray after the game talk about that. There's a lot to work on because, and I'm still saying it, and I I just hope I'm not saying it all season. I want us to get out of second gear, and I think there's there's so much to come from this team. I, I still think we've we've got so much we can work on, and we've got we can get a lot better. But and and it's bizarre saying that because I think we're I think we're a brilliant team. But there's 
and, and but Mowbray Mowbray was spot on. I think after the game when he was talking about he didn't want to stand there and say we were a fantastic team because he knows probably you know obviously better than all of us what he needs to work on with the team. Um, and and that the fact that we're beating sides like Birmingham City comfortably without too much fuss, even even when we're being a bit a little bit sloppy, it's comfortable, and we've got a lot to work on, and we're we're kind of. St- sniffing around the playoffs and see what happened in the three o'clock kickoffs but you know we're, we're there or thereabouts um coming into coming into december which is a stupid amount of games and yeah we're in a good place and we're, we're, I, th- I still think there's there's so much to come from this team and i think uh yeah it's going to be interesting to see uh to see how we progress and how the you know my ender looks exciting rusen he's finding his feet we're talking about players getting games he's getting games he's looking better and better there's a lot to come from this team this season. There is. Like you say, we we've saw a bunch of players there really just made you know, Mayenda, first time he's been seen, and it's like November. Um, the two sent offs getting the first start. Like, like you say, there's a lot to come because these players have been slowly introduced, really, and you know, second half of the season when they're a bit more integrated, it's gonna be interesting. You've you reeled off a bunch of players there who've who are injured or, or suspended. You know, we haven't even seen Pembelli yet. You know, we've got likes of uh, Corey Evans and Jay Matete to come back from long-term injuries. Serkin's not really featured at all this season because of his problems and hopefully hopefully he can get himself fit and contribute. So, you know, just by virtue of the amount of players who haven't really contributed yet, we're only going to get better because we've got more better quality players to pick from and and, and bring off the bench and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, I think this is a sign of progress. This You know, I haven't talked about with you. I feel like this game was a sign of progress because we've been dealt a pretty shit hand going into the game when you think mm-hmm. about it. Losing two really important players with, with suspensions who play in key positions that you don't generally switch out unless there's a problem. And we've had to bring in two lads for the full debuts in the league. And then minutes before kickoff, one of your players who you've prepared all week with gets mm-hmm. injured and then to win 3 1. Ah, yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Yes, there were aspects of the performance which weren't great, but I'm not going to dwell on it too much, actually. I think I think we've got to be fair to the team. We've had a pretty shitty hand dealt to us this week and we've dealt superbly with it, really, against a, a team who were a lot better than probably they're showing at the minute. Yeah. We've got a lot better players and, you know, I'm, that, that that makes us happy with the, with the performance overall. So, you know. Right, let's round off with some three-word reviews. I forgot to do it after the last game and I got wrong <laughs> off a guy on Twitter. So I promised I would, uh, I would, I would, I would sort of my ideas up and uh, and crack back on so let's read some out uh, Dan McGarvey says ugly three points Jack HS says strikers looked promising Chris Jones says a deal opens account uh, Dan Ray says Triantis says God James A says French fucking Dave I think he's talking about uh, a deal there a deal or sheesh where that comes from uh, Paul Robson three nectar points like it uh, R says ruddy hell my ender that's a good one I like that one um, here's he says Mayenda must start he's seen enough if, from the 20 minutes or so we saw of him uh, Rob Ellison Davidson says impressive attacking options Tony Byrne says good squad depth uh, Peter Wilson says new defenders delightful ID says another shocking referee Matty says Ekwa what happened uh, Ian Farrah says the Rooney effect somebody who listens to you Chris um, <laughs> Dave W strike strike a partnership required uh, Steve Richards says better than Brum. James says a sloppy win. And last but not least, the Pierre Equa Appreciation Society 
have said Huggins Welsh Cafu. <laughs> like it. You know what it is? I, I quite liked all of that, and I'm glad you did that because it's pretty much summed up our conversation. You had comments saying <laughs> you had comments saying impressive, and you had comments saying ugly, and that pretty much yeah. sums it up. Yeah, it's like us, impressive and ugly. Yeah. Um, we will be back with, um, hopefully we'll have some interviews with people going out in the next week or so, but in the international break, we'll see. I won't, won't, won't promise anything, but we could have some bits and pieces coming out, as obviously there's no game now for a fortnight. Um, but last time, the next time, sorry, you'll hear us talking about football will be the preview for whatever game we've got coming next, which I'm buying time in saying this because away. I haven't got it open in front of Plymouth us. Away. Plymouth away. There we go. Plymouth away. Um, so yes, we'll be back with a preview for Plymouth away, but we'll hopefully have some specials in the middle of that somewhere. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, quick plug for the book. Buy it. I've heard from people who went into the shop before the game that they were sold out of copies in the shop, which is great news, but it's not um, It's not bad news for you if you haven't got it because you can still get it online. They'll have it restocked in the shop before the next home game. Uh, but make sure you buy it. It's £10, SFC365. All profits go to the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. Um, we're getting some really good feedback on it, so make sure you grab your copy and uh, get stuck into it or buy somebody you know a copy of it. I'm sure they'll appreciate that for Christmas or whatever. And, uh, yeah, that's the end of my plug. So all that's left to say is thanks, Chris. Appreciate no your time, mate. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my lad on that PlayStation to play out the Plymouth-Sunland <laughs> game, see what the score's going to be. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we'll we'll put our life savings on whatever he, whatever he comes <laughs> up with. Unless it's 10-0, like when I used to play like the computer on FIFA and, you know, scores got a bit ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll be sure to do that. And uh, yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks to the listeners for, for everything and for listening. And uh, we'll catch you in a bit.